Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And our guest this time is Jordana Caputo, CEO of Community Media Training Organisation Australia, which delivers media skills to communities around Australia. Hello, Jordana. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Very well and very glad to have you on the podcast. So we're going to kick into the recommendations and Freddie's going to be doing the kicking off. Freddie, kick it off. (laughs) Thanks. What a treat to be kicking off. Um, Okay, so my recommendation um, for this episode is um, a show called The History of Fun, which is produced by Polygon. Um, Polygon is a gaming news and features website. It's part of the uh, Vox Media Network. So already you kind of get an idea of the kind of standard that we're we're going for here. Um, Vox have a a really good collection of really interesting podcasts. Um, And I actually like this one because it's not as um, slow as some of the other Vox shows, I would say. Um, and But I don't think that's ne- uh, negative in, in any sense. So the history of fun involves three of Polygon's journalists, um, Russ Frustick, Allegra Frank and Chris Plant and they get together and they talk about the history of something in kind of popular culture or culture in general that's um, interesting or fun or just you know prominent so um, I mean one of the ones that I listened to recently which I really enjoyed was the history of Black Friday I'm not quite sure if I'd describe Black Friday as fun but I certainly <laughs> found it interesting to discover the history of it I like this show um, because it it's taught me a lot but it also doesn't feel like I'm listening to something that's, you know, uh, too patronising. It, it, gen- it feels very down-to-earth in that there are three people in the room and one of them has gone away and done the research on this topic and is telling the other two people and the other two people are interjecting throughout, asking questions, you know, making exclamations that they don't understand certain things and all the rest of it. And when I first listened to it, I felt it was almost a little bit too chaotic for my liking. I, I found it a bit kind of weird to have people into all the time but over the time i gradually enjoyed that because it was a really nice way for them to ask all the questions that i was asking in my head as i was listening um Mm -hmm. so i've come to really enjoy it as a show i really enjoy the subject matter i i I love learning about all these random things that come up some of them i i know less about than others but like the history of water parks you know the history of mission impossible the history of the fifa world cup all really interesting topics that to be honest i don't know the history of um and the one i suggested was the uh, history of karaoke which I think is just a lovely light-hearted episode. It's got some really interesting um, facts in there about how karaoke started, who's actually making money out of karaoke, which I thought was quite surprising. Right. And I, I, I just enjoyed it. And obviously towards the end, they just dive into their own karaoke habits and their kind of go-to songs and everything else, which, you know, ends on a really nice, light-hearted note. So as a show, I just really, really enjoy it. Um, you know, it's, it's not a difficult listen. It's something you can definitely have on while you're doing other things and um yeah it's it's got enough in terms of research in there that means that there's generally something that you you learn that you didn't know before so yeah i'm a fan what do you think jack yeah so i left my listening to this one quite late so i traveled back on a coach at midnight last night and i was like right time to listen to this podcast and i thought what a stupid thing to do to wait until I'm dead tired to listen to a 50-minute podcast that's going to try and funnel loads of information into my brain. Frankly, Freddie, I was dreading the whole experience. But um, <laughs> it, this was great because 
it's a lot like stuff you should know i think in the sense mm. that you've got people who are basically running through the history of a particular topic however as you've said i think there's a lot more disruption a lot more comedic disruption and i think maybe that's part of having three voices in the room rather than two uh i love the chemistry between the hosts i think it's so important when you've got a podcast like this which is diving into the kind of trivia of quite trivial things that you need some kind of host charisma you need to feel like the hosts are invested i mean otherwise why are you spending an hour of your life digging into the history of something which you know has ultimately no utility you need to know that everyone's having fun and in it just for the for the laughs um and yeah i i I just felt the buzz coming off them really it felt like that they were they would be doing it anyway kind of that they would just be getting together and having a nice chat I love that. It's always infectious to feel like that. And uh, I picked up some great facts and they stuck in my head, which I think is always the, 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 the real compliment to a show like this is when you get to the other side and you're like, I've actually remembered some of it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love the fact that the original word, does it translate as like empty orchestra or something, yes. which is so yeah, yeah. beautiful. Uh, there's also that god-awful fact about bugs getting caught in alexa devices in kitchens um which was really haunting especially at like one in the morning (laughs) um i think the thing with this podcast is that you've mentioned it's by polygon which as you've said uh, is sort of like a gaming faction of vox's output it seems that that definitely influences a lot of the choices that they make as to what they cover so you've mentioned stuff like water parts and the fifa world cup which perhaps doesn't lend to that so much but there's a lot of kind of obscure technology and computer game franchises and stuff like that which i imagine is a lot of fun but probably doesn't cross over with my interest so much whereas karaoke definitely does but there is hmm. one on the n-gauge which is that phone that was around for oh, all of about yeah. five minutes in 2002 and all my friends at school were raving about it and like one guy had one and never spoke of it again very interested about that so I, i'll be giving that a listen i think what what are the other ones that are worth listening to freddie because i do want to check this out more yeah, so I really, really enjoyed the history of Black Friday, and that one's okay. got a really, really uh, kind of lengthy history to it that that goes back way before kind of commerce really got involved, and it's just got quite an interesting story to it. So I think if you're going to go and listen to a, another one straight away, I'd I'd listen to that one. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that one as well. I'm I'm still early to this podcast, so I'm still going through, and I'm definitely picking and choosing rather than going to ones that, you know, rather than going in any kind of audio, because there are things definitely, like you say in here, that I are a bit too obscure for, for me to know about, and uh, yeah. some of the things they talk about are quite US-centric, and obviously that doesn't, you know, I, I don't necessarily relate to that in the same way, but there there are there are so many that are in my queue right now. Um, I'm really interested in the history of the Oreo cookie, because I know that has a really interesting story, and... <laughs> I tend, that tends to be my go-to snack so um, yeah there's 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 plenty there's plenty to listen to but yeah go go for the history of black friday is a very good one it was the i actually wrote this in the doc first to recommend it and then changed my decision changed it at the last minute because i thought this one was a more light-hearted one whereas the history of black friday has got a pretty heavy start to it not in like a gruesome way or a tragic way it's just it's just more it's, it's real history as opposed to kind of the history of karaoke which is less you know you know what i mean i know what you the, mean the history of black friday has a lot more economics and financial stuff in it yeah whereas, no. uh, yeah as you'd imagine yes of course not so much midnight coach material uh, i should say at this point my karaoke song is 
golden years by David Bowie. Uh, Judana, what did you think of this one? <laughs> well, um, it was funny, actually, because when I started listening, um, they talked about their, the first sort of bit is, what's your fa- your ca- go-to karaoke song? And they said Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, which <laughs> is actually the only karaoke song that I have ever done. Oh, really? <laughs> Fantastic. <Yes. laughs> it's a hard song. And, and I, I, it's a very hard song, and I actually did it in bar karaoke, which in Australia, bar karaoke is not very popular. It's more private room karaoke. Um, mm. So I didn't really know what to expect when I did it. And, <laughs> oh, my God, it was so embarrassing. The whole <laughs> the whole crowd were kind of professional karaoke people, and me and my friend got up and did Torn, and we just flopped. We were a major flop. It was so bad. <laughs> At least you had backup. You had a friend with you. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend with me. Um, But yeah, no, the history of fun. I thought, what a great concept for a podcast. Um, Mm. Really excited about that idea of of those things in our society, like karaoke, which we don't really think about the history of all that much, and they brought that to the fore. Um, And so that was, you know, I was really quite excited about the topic that that you'd chosen. But um, I just felt like it was a little bit, uh, sparse on the actual research okay. um, the hmm. the woman who was sort of leading the research part of it I felt like she'd actually only read one article and w- constantly referred to that one article I think it was in Time magazine which perhaps it is the definitive article around karaoke out there but I was kind of hoping for a little bit more in depth history of karaoke and I did think there was just brushing over a little bit about the kind of economic situation of, of Japan and what it kind of stemmed from which is actually what I find really interesting about right. karaoke. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed. I just thought, oh, okay. But I kind of understood, I think, that it was more like a bit of a chat podcast where they get to bring their own experiences and talk about that, and that's actually a little bit more of the focus than the hard history and the actual research for this podcast. Um, but I have to say, it made me feel a bit old. <laughs> there, <laughs> times when they were talking about things that I just kind of you know like are just part of my life and they you know they talked quite extensively about laser discs which I have no experience with at all but it, it just some of the things that they were just like oh wow yeah that's so old and I was like oh I think I'm actually pre laser discs <laughs> like, I don't even know what they are so um yeah there was there was some good elements but I have to say towards the end as they got out of the as they got more into the chat I really tuned out I was mm-hmm. um you know I just it didn't hold my attention and I guess it's those kind of podcasts where you start to develop the cult of personality. Like if I'd listened to more of them, I'd get to know those characters, right. and those people in that podcast and, and maybe be a little bit more interested in what they had to say. But as it was just listening to one off like that, I think you kind of, you, there's in jokes and there's banter between mm. people that you don't really know. And that's the real success of those kind of talking head podcasts is that you develop a relationship with the people in the podcast the people talking and they're meant to be listened to on an episodic kind of basics so that you actually get to know those people in the podcast and and come to i guess love them or hate them yeah 
I mean, there definitely definitely feels like the three of them have very distinctive personalities, and they're almost kind of playing roles within that. Um, yeah. In terms of the way they approach everything, yeah, I, I I I do agree and kind of take your point on the on the research side of things. I think that's a theme that runs throughout them, which is that they're not hugely research heavy. Um, I guess they're like they're like kind of pub quiz knowledge podcasts where you might get like one or two facts out of them that are like you know you might you might be able to bring up later or like it's just one of those kind of things you go oh i didn't know that but yeah it doesn't go into the level of detail that if you find yourself really interested in the subject or a specific part of it you can you can definitely feel like you're walking away not knowing as much as you'd like to know yeah which I, i'll be honest i was i was all right with i i i definitely thought it could have gone the other way and um thankfully there are quite a few podcasts that do cater for that more information heavy side of this kind of thing as well i mean stuff you should know i guess is is the example that comes to mind most immediately but actually uh, and and certainly I, I did change the tact of my listening i think when i realized that oh okay these people are basically using the conduit of a topic to have a nice time in each other's company and um I'm quite a fan of conversational podcasts where actually what comes to the fore is the dynamic between the people in the room and if it feels genuine and it feels like they're genuinely having a good time I'm quite happy to go along for the ride but also uh, I suppose the fact that there is the word history in the title almost sets the expectation that perhaps there is going to be an emphasis on said history (laughs) which uh, maybe there wasn't here but yeah I liked it Fred we've got a recommendation from you, Jordana, which is actually from uh, your work within the CMTO. So it would be great to hear first a bit more about what the CMTO is. It sounds like a fantastic project. And also as well about the podcast that you've um, charged Freddie and I with listening to as well. Sure thing. So the CMTO, or Community Media Training Organisation, is actually a registered training organisation in Australia. We were set up by the Community Broadcasting Foundation in 2011, which is a government-funded organisation to deliver training to community broadcasters in Australia. So I don't know if you know much about the community radio sort of sector in Australia, but it's huge. We've got about 400 radio stations. We're pretty much the biggest independent radio network in Australia. Wow. And they span the entire continent and all the way up into the Torres Strait. So uh, there's lots and lots of stations around the country. And so what we do at the CMTO is that is we travel all around the country and deliver training um, at those radio stations. So it can be anywhere from a tiny little station out on a outer island of the Torres Strait all the way to a a station in um, Metro Sydney. So um, what we do is we either deliver accredited training or we deliver non-accredited training. And we also do a lot of project work and all of our training is based around uh, radio skills, online media skills and um, also how to manage your radio station. So uh, all of the radio stations, well pretty much all of the radio stations in Australia are run by volunteers predominantly and they're all kind of set up on a subscription model so basically you become a member of a station and that's how the stations are funded through Mm -hmm. membership fees they're kind of like the original podcast subscription model um yeah so um and they also um can get a little bit of funding through the government there's a tiny bit of government funding and there's also um the possibility for them to get funding through sponsorship and fundraising so they're not allowed to have advertising 
in the same way that commercial radio stations are, but they can have sponsors. So that means they have this sort of restrictions around the money that they can make. So what it means is that community radio stations in Australia don't have a lot of money. They run on the smell of an oily rag and we're funded by the federal government to give them training because they're essentially a training ground for all of the broadcasters and the people who work in media in Australia. You talk to anybody who's in commercial or public media in Australia and they will most likely have had some contact with a community radio station throughout their career because it's sort of the the training ground for everybody. So that's what I do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great position to be in and I'm very very lucky to have an actual paid job in the community media sector because it's quite unusual. Mm. Um so in terms of um the podcast that I've recommended to you, it's called the National Features and Documentary Series and it's a project that the CMTO runs with the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. We've been running it every year since 2013 and essentially it is to encourage the production of long-form audio pieces in our sector. So, and what's it sort of like came out of the fact that the radio landscape in Australia, in fact, all over the world, is changing. Things are becoming less regional. Things are um, sort of being squeezed in terms of money mm-hmm. and people aren't making the same kind of radio that they used to anymore so there used to be a lot of money in features and documentaries in australia and radio national and abc and that's all been squeezed out now there's a big shift towards podcasting from from those public media and commercial media but it's mm-hmm. a different kind of radio so we really wanted to make sure that the community media sector had a chance people in our sector had a chance to make the kind of radio that is high quality, is long form, is a bit investigative, is experimental, is, you know, all the things that they wouldn't normally get to do in their day-to-day running of their radio stations where most people just do a music show or they might do an interview or they might just um, do like a talking kind of, you know, talking heads sort of show. A lot of the time they're just playing music, so it's it's a chance for them to do something different. So, um, yeah, so we set up this project. Basically, we take um, applications every year. The, um, the participants need to be somebody involved at a community radio station and they just have to put a pitch in. They send an online pitch to us. We have a selection committee that goes through all of the applications. We usually get around um, 70 applications every year from community broadcasters and then we choose eight of them to be developed into 24-minute stories. So as well as podcasting them online, we also broadcast them on the community radio network. So that's a national community radio network. So they go out nationally. So it's really exciting for the participants because usually they've never made anything like this before. They Mm -hmm. have never had the chance to produce something long form and they've never had their work broadcast nationally. And the other aspect that we, um, how we run the project is we pair them up with a mentor. So they're paired with a professional radio producer, either working in public or commercial media, who's possibly had some experience in community radio. And they spend around six months being mentored by that person to create their piece. So it's a really beautiful relationship that they develop um, with their mentor to create these um, essentially radio documentaries. But 
We call it the Features and Documentaries series because they really have free reign to create whatever they want. And over the years that we've been doing it, some people have gone down the like kind of you know journalism route, and then other people have gone down a fully experimental route and just submitted soundscapes that go for 24 minutes. Nice. So yeah. <laughs> It's a real chance for them to essentially create whatever they want, but the the kind of unifying theme is that it needs to have some kind of national interest. So it needs to be something that a national audience would be interested in. It needs to be something that has a little bit of a structure, a little bit of a story arc in it. And that's essentially it. So I'm the executive producer on it, um, which is a really, really fun job because it means I get to listen to the pieces and really develop them along the way with the producers. Amazing. Well, you put in the recommendations for us to listen to the runner's guide, which is Freddie and I's first taste of the the work you've been doing here. So I had a great time with this, essentially, and and hopefully I'm paraphrasing it correctly, but it's about the experiences of people uh, who have blindness, uh, their experiences of running as a community of people involved in parkrun and uh, the role that running plays in their lives, both as a means of basically getting out there and running, but also as a means of forging friendships uh, and establishing a community of people. And I thought it was what I really like about this podcast. And for me, it's, it's, it's a style of podcasting that's always appealed to me is the absence or very light touch of narration which uh, I, I absolutely loved in this podcast because it placed the emphasis where I think it was most compelling for that emphasis to be placed which is on the the people who are rela- relaying their experiences uh, it's also something that's quite difficult to do I imagine from an editing perspective because you need to make sure that that story can be told by the guests exclusively without any kind of interstitial moments of explaining what one earth's going on it didn't need that at all and i think it 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 just basically brought me into the experience so much more i mean i should say freddie and i uh, freddie more so than me these days <laughs> are both people who do regularly uh regularly do park run and i think we both feel buoyed by the experience of going to park run and being a part of that community and uh we say that as to people without disabilities and i think to hear the role that it can play to people with disability i think particularly with the role of the guides uh people who are guiding people with blindness around the course uh i thought was fascinating and i think the symbiosis that you get between a runner and their guide as they're trusted to navigate this person away from a lake or you know away from trees that they could collide with i thought was absolutely fascinating and it makes you realize that you know how potentially perilous it can be to be moving at quite a bit of speed when there are so many obstacles around which is obviously something that i take for granted every time that i do a run so i i I just thought it was wonderful i mean the, the one thing that perhaps did snag for me was that the the music it's something that i'm always quite sensitive to when i'm listening to podcasts and uh the music had this definite oscillation between being very euphoric and perhaps being a bit more melancholy and it's quite an intense music i thought the stories themselves uh, spoke so much to those intense emotions that i almost didn't need the extra buoyance of the music in there but i mean other than that i i had a, a wonderful time with this piece and it's definitely given me a taste for checking out some more 
episodes from this series. I was just listening to one on the uh, experiences uh, and events organized by South Sudanese immigrant women. Uh, which was amazing. I think it's called Hear Our Voices. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, really, really interesting. And it's so interesting to hear them both talk about inhabiting kind of a dual identity of being both an Australian and also South Sudanese. So, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Freddie, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to repeat a lot of what you just said, Jack, I think. Um, cool. you know, for a start, Jordana, <laughs> thank you so much for a spot-on recommendation. As uh, Without knowing much about Jack or myself, you couldn't have done a better job than give us a podcast about running and park run because it's something that jack and i both enjoy um i had so that no was... idea that's such a surprise for yeah. me and i'm really really <laughs> glad you had that insight <laughs> we've got two well, park runs like within four miles of our house so freddie and i amazing. basically live two doors away but yeah it's so huge down here as well because i'd actually never heard of it before until um katarina made this podcast oh cool oh yeah it's 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 a really nice experience and as someone who isn't a natural runner by any means um i'm 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 not at all i've i've done a lot of running now and i've done some half marathons and stuff but i wouldn't say it becomes easy to me and i wouldn't say it's difficult i love the park run experience and i love what running has done to me as a person um in terms of improving my mood lifting me up making me feel good um which is why i'm happily will get up at half seven on a on a saturday morning and head out the house and go and run 5k <laughs> and really struggle through it and it, and it's great and what's really nice is to hear these perspectives of other people at parkrun who um are doing it for similar reasons different reasons um but come you know do it with their own set of challenges and how how they overcome them i mean i i struggle to get out of bed as an able-bodied person yeah and and just go and and you know get on with it so hearing hearing people who have extra challenges to overcome come in terms of their running is really really interesting and it's lovely to hear how you know the parkrun community and and people involved uh, make it possible for those people by by being kind of a running guide and all the rest of it and um actually the the parkrun in my hometown recently was uh ha- have blind runners and they have running guides and they do a lot of training for that kind of stuff and i think it's fantastic so it's really really interesting to hear that perspective and as jack said i, I loved the fact that these people are allowed to tell their stories without without too much interjection um, from a host or a producer or a narrator or whatever else. And I think that's a really empowering thing. And I, I know from experience of producing radio and producing podcasts that that can be really difficult to set up because you really have to empower that person and brief that person and get that person into a position where they can tell their story in a way that works when you cut it all together at the end and remove the other voices from it and it it just sounds fantastic and i think also you know as someone who you know i remember and jack you'll hopefully maybe agree with me is jack Jack and i both both did a journalism degree and we we did a radio aspect of it but remembering to shut up and stay out the way when people are talking is 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 really difficult when you when you first start out doing this kind of work and and, i still do that I still struggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's it's a real skill is to to be a listener and to not want to interject and to and to let people tell their story but also have an eye in your head on what's going on in terms of where that story's going and how that's fitting into your edit that you're kind of forming in your head and making sure that you're guiding that conversation in a way that gets you the tape you need so that you can tell the story in the way that you're hoping it's going to pan out or, you know, hearing them say something 
completely unexpected and completely different and kind of recutting that whole story in your head as it's happening in that moment while also still listening to what that person is saying as you're speaking to them yeah it's really difficult and um I think that you know um, this is this is a really fantastic example of it done well. So it was a real pleasure to listen to. I really enjoyed the story, but I also enjoyed the way in which it was told. Nice, fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that. And Katerina Losha, who made the piece, um, had a very clear vision from the very beginning that she didn't want to be in it. Katerina mm. normally broadcasts in German language, so she's not wasn't super comfortable doing narration in English. And so it was really interesting. We were like. We, we encourage people through this to explore their scripting skills, um, to learn, you know, a little bit about scripting as they do the, the mentorship. But she was very, very um, adamant that she wouldn't have her voice in the piece. And I think it played out beautifully. And actually, these pieces are judged at the end of the competition by a panel of very experienced radio producers. And the one that's, you know, judged the best goes on to win a Community Broadcasting of Australia award. And Katarina's piece actually won. Oh, um, fantastic. In 2018. Yeah, she was the winner. And the judges' comments were that they absolutely loved that her voice was, you know, absent in the background because the voices of her characters were so powerful and um really were able to tell the entire story without any interjection from her yeah uh, amazing and i love the fact as well it just removes the mediation between you as a listener and the guests as well i mean there are often cases of podcasts where you're confronted with a story and then essentially told what to be feeling about that person's experience by a narrator who you know is inserted into that story perhaps unnecessarily not always but it does happen and i i I think that openness is something that only increases my intimacy with the podcast because I know that I've come to the conclusions that I've come to and related it to my own experience and not that of the host, you know. So, yeah, this was uh, brilliant. I also think as well, I mean, to return to the uh, CMTO more generally, I mean, it's great that there is this platform which is able to encourage the generation of experimental audio. I mean, it's something that I don't think from my understanding which admittedly is very nascent and Jordana obviously you're the authority here but there's not loads of platforms which are able to really encourage a very exploratory attitude to audio I mean I, I, I know probably for the most part your best likelihood of getting on a radio show somewhere is to pitch in line with like an existing production style or whatever because there's a few shows in the UK which I know are very welcome to whatever people want to do we've spoken about shortcuts which the BBC do over here which allows for any kind of audio you know basically like audio poetry um, different styles of documentary very strange things that kind of float in and out and you know you're left with them thinking what on earth do I do with that? Which is very exciting, I think, when you're listening to stuff. So, I mean, it is. So, so it sounds like that that's the case then. That that, that you're doing a, a kind of role, really, which the representation of which is perhaps quite thin on the ground. That there aren't many avenues for people to put out this exploratory work. You know, were it not for the work that you're doing. Yeah, and that was definitely our intention. And I think the other intention was to um, to 
I guess, give people an opportunity to explore their own skills and interest in this. Mm. Um, Because Katerina, who um, made that piece, The Runner's Guide, she had never made anything like this before. She'd essentially only done talk radio. So this is her first, you know, production in terms of something that has to be mixed together, has to bring music and voice and all those different voices in and um, be mixed to a level that can be broadcast nationally because it goes out to little regional radio stations that you know all they want is the audio quality to be good so yeah <laughs> um yeah you know so it was a it's a real challenge and um that you know she did a really good job and i think um if you look at the kind of ones if you want to look at listen to any of the other ones they're also on nfds.org.au but in terms of one that was a little bit more experimental in the 2018 stable there was a one called to say i am home and it actually explores script writing really like it's uh, Mahendra who made it he is a first generation Australian his um, story is about his mother's uh, his grandmother's migration from India to Australia and one of the things that we get every year in in, um, NFDS is lots of migration stories because it's a huge Australian story right everyone's migrated here from somebody else so we're always talking about how we're always getting suitcase stories every year so it's a real challenge to kind of say to the producers or the potential producers you need to make your story different you need to make your story stand out from every other kind of suitcase story that we've had on Australian radio in the past so it's a chance for people to get really creative even around topics that perhaps have been have been done before brilliant Well, if people want to check out what the CMTO is doing and maybe read a bit more about it, I mean, where's the best place for them to go online? Um, You can go to our our website, cmto.org.au. You can also check us out on Facebook. We're just the Community Media Training Organisation. And if you want to look at the actual stories behind the producers for all of the national features and documentary series, you can go to nfds.org.au. And each of the producers has actually written a blog post about the process that they went through to make their pieces. And they also um, have some information about the mentor that they were paired with so you can kind of see how the whole process worked and if anyone's interested in getting involved and kind of looking at some of the resources that we use to create the project I'm really really happy to share those as well. We've got one more recommendation today it is my recommendation and that is the Verses podcast which is a podcast about poetry which describes itself as a podcast where poets confront the ideas that move them. So I've just started getting into poetry podcasts. I have no idea why, but for some reason, I think I was in like a horrific traffic jam on my way home from work and wanted some new podcasts. I was at a standstill, so I wasn't using my phone when I was moving in the car, but I thought, right, I'm going to check out some poetry podcasts. And I came across a family of podcasts from the Poetry Foundation, which does several podcasts. I've been enjoying quite a few of them. So the Versus podcast is one of them. There's also one called Poem Talk, where they take a particular poem and break it down through like a roundtable discussion format, which can be quite stodgy at times. So I went for Versus instead because I get the impression that, I mean, it's more accessible, which to me has also been very appealing and seems to be targeted as well a kind of younger audience I guess it's got a a, I suppose a a sort of vibrancy and like hey poetry's cool kind of vibe going on so 
I mean, much of that is due to the presenters, who are poets Daniel Smith and Franny Choi. And they interview guests from across the world of, of poetry and also kind of connected areas. So also musicians as well, and such as Jamila Woods was on there very recently. And um, I, I picked a, an episode with Don Cher, who is the editor of Poetry Magazine. And he talks through the job of being an editor. I mean, there's a, a great bit in the intro where Danas says about the fact that poets do all the talking and there's almost like a sense of unknowing about the editor's role in all of this. They do their work silently. And um, this conversation goes into the kind of responsibilities that an editor has to do. The title of the podcast is, I think, Don Cher versus 150,000 Poems, because that's how many poems he receives every year. So a lot of it is uh, seems to be the, the sort of stripping away of excess to get to the voices that you want to promote through the platform of poetry. And I think what's very interesting is that I mean, Danaz is a black American queer poet and Franny is a Korean American queer poet. And they've both been published in Poetry Magazine during Don Cher's tenure at the magazine. And, and they talk about the fact that previous iterations of the publication under different editors, perhaps they wouldn't have had their work published. And so the role of an editor seems to be very much about choosing the voices and the, and constructing a landscape, really, of poetry. Uh, you know, it talks about the fact that poetry in a way should reflect the reality or at least the magazine should reflect the reality that is experienced by people i love this conversation i think it was really fascinating and they go into uh, a lot of discussions around say controversy within poetry how the distance of time can in itself accrue controversy as certain opinions get out of date and whatnot i thought it was a really beautifully handled conversation it had a lot of warmth to it i think considering the intensity of the subject matter as well it didn't get too stodgy it always had the sense that you know it could break off into laughter and jokes which i thought was was really important i think to have you know these kind of discussions i think sometimes that's an essential facet of these sorts of conversations and there are some other great episodes uh about, you know of this this podcast uh, there's another one i heard with a poet called h melt who's a trans poet with this really incredible declarative style of delivering their poetry and you know i'm a big fan of the hosts like i say uh, just the warmth that they bring to the show is really great um there's also a great story that don share shares in the second half of this particular episode which moves to him as a writer which generally i didn't find quite as interesting but he talks about sending a poem to Allen Ginsberg and then getting it back with every single word crossed out with a note that said, I crossed out all the excess verbiage, which I thought was fabulous. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, Jordana, what did you think of this one? I loved it too. I didn't expect to really get into it, actually, because right. I thought, oh, you know, it's Americans. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> is that really terrible of me? But, um, you know, so I, I'm not I'm not actually an avid listener to kind of talking head conversational podcasts, but this one did it for me. I thought it was really well delivered. Their voices were beautiful to listen oh, to. Yeah. Sometimes I find when I listen to American podcasts, I find the voices to be difficult to listen to for any period of time but they just had such wonderful delivery and actually breaking the podcast up with the actual delivery of the poetry was gorgeous and I mm. do love poetry performance so it was definitely appealing to me in that way and um, you know it had a lot of depth to it 
going into the stories of Don Schur, I was just like really was able to relate to him so much. Having been an editor myself, um, it really, you know, so much of what he said resonated with me. And I thought, oh, this isn't a story you hear a lot. You hear a lot of stories about artists and, and people making work, but yes. you don't hear about those people who are um, curating and who are editing the work. So I thought he did an amazing job and they actually, you know, did a really amazing job of putting that whole conversation together and valuing his experience, even though there was lots of nods to the wokeness of it all, which is, you know, also quite American, I guess, in terms of, you know, him being quite self-deprecating and talking about himself as a, as, you know, a, a white Jewish male that that's, you know, who poetry is normally for. Right. Yes. And the two hosts really talking about how there's a massive shift, um, I guess since he's become an editor of that of the poetry magazine in giving voice to people who uh, normally wouldn't have voice that stuff totally resonated with me working at community radio that's what we do um, but yeah I thought it was really beautiful and the poetry just you know I haven't listened to poetry in a while and it really struck me it was kind of like really intimate and um, I think listening to poetry in your headphones is almost like how it was meant to be listened to. Right. So intimate and beautiful. Yes. Um, so I really, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it and I really didn't expect to get as much out of it as I did. I really um, felt like I would go back and listen to other episodes of it. And I think what it also did for me was make me realise that poetry is totally re relevant in this day and age. It's not yes. some old-fashioned thing. Yes, absolutely. I think that's something that I've come to come into contact with through this, because I think, you know, my last real exposure to poetry for any extended duration is through my English classes at school. And there you do get, I mean, they intend to give you a, a, a breadth of poetry, but the modern poetry, even if it, it in itself feels quite alienating, and often the pieces that they pick are quite disconnected from society and what's happening so yeah it's wonderful i think to realize that poetry is thoroughly connected and also the point that don makes about the fact that poets can be dangerous because they have the ability to articulate in a way which compels people i thought was absolutely fascinating and really reframe my understanding of what poetry can do and the other thing that really struck me that i had no idea about until i listened to this podcast was the idea of translating poetry from yes. from one language into another i mean i was just blown away by how that poem that he reads in it was originally written in spanish and he's translated it into english and i just thought i have no idea how he did that right. <laughs> i think that's very interesting as well because there's you know lit literature works that i've read which are written in one language and then translated and the role of the translator therefore becomes more than just simply a messenger but i think he even says that he kind of takes ownership of that piece which I wasn't sure how to feel about, but I understand mm. where he's coming from in the sense that he has to make decisions as to what the appropriate substitute is for each word. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, Freddie, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, again, I um, this is the, the perils of, of coming last in this little round table. Is that you end up saying a lot of stuff that everyone's already covered. But yeah, I mean, my, my background to poetry is much the same as yours, Jack. We're um, learning it at school through our English classes. And I think, you know, the school syllabus for what they cover 
in these things moves at such a glacial pace that it's never really contemporary enough or never really speaks to today's issues yes um and, and as much as you know i had some brilliant english teachers and i think you know the fact that i'm in a writing career now probably speaks to how good they were but you know try as they might they can only do so much to make really out of touch poetry with today's issues relevant to today's issues um so again yeah i I approached this with kind of a sense of trepidation because i thought okay poetry is cool but i I, it's 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 never been something i've been massively into but then i suppose i'm into spoken word and that's the type of poetry and it was a really really refreshing podcast to listen to um really really interesting to dig into the weeds of poetry in a way that didn't feel like navel gazing or, or you know it didn't feel um like i was being patronized by people who knew better than me about poetry it just felt like a very accessible conversation about some of the issues around it and some of the issues about being an editor of a hugely respected poetry publication um and yeah it's it is uh, having having done an editor's job before it's 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 super tricky and and you you kind of feel like whenever you see if you watch any kind of you know you know watch devil wears prada and you think oh brilliant uh, being an editor is a really nice job you just get to boss people around and uh, there's no pressure at all and then and then you and become an editor whatever you want yeah exactly <laughs> and and then you become an editor and there's a huge weight of expectation on you to make good decisions about what you publish and what you don't publish and about the direction of which you know you take pieces and all the rest of it and so it's really really interesting to hear that and i think it's it's interesting for more people to hear that because you know we're a bit more familiar with it perhaps than the the rest of the world maybe but it was it was really really good i also have to point out that i was i was on uh, i was on a flight when i i was i was listening to this so it was one of those rare occasions where i'm listening to episode party recommendations and i could make notes and one of the things i wrote down was that i loved the opening question which was what's moving you right now yeah as an opener and it's like slightly novel and it's slightly like you know maybe you could say it's a little you know off the wall for the sake of being off the wall but i thought as an opener rather than saying who are you and what do you do it was a really really nice way of starting the show obviously they'd already done that intro where they say who don share is and what he does but yeah having that as a question as an opener i think you know it wouldn't work in every scenario and there are definitely many scenarios where it wouldn't work at all but i thought in this particular context and probably in quite a few other contexts it's a wonderful opener and it got a really nice answer back yes it was quite philosophical and yes it was very left field but i actually really really enjoyed it and it was just like refreshing to hear about these things done in a, in a different way for once fabulous so i am a big fan jack i really really enjoyed this episode i haven't dug into any of the others yet um but i i'm certainly considering it yeah the nice one. Oh, i'm so glad i was just gonna have one criticism in case they have listened to this i was thinking <laughs> it was cut very tight and i think um there was a moment sort of at the end of the poem that he that he read and particularly if that if the episodes have lots of poetry in them where sometimes poetry and we talk about this a lot with our students sometimes poetry or profound voices need a little bit of space to breathe and you need just a little bit of you know tail end silence at the end of them whether it's you know a millisecond or two milliseconds I just felt like sometimes there just wasn't that space for me to kind of go oh wow it just went straight back into the announcer's Hmm. voices well that's definitely something that came to mind today actually because I think they fade up the music just as he's finishing the poem that was originally in Spanish which apps 100% I, I think particularly if 
you're not exposed to poetry that often i think the that period of percolation becomes very important because it's you don't I, I i don't have the reflexes available to me to immediately ingest a poem and know what i think about it what i do i love that that way of putting it as a, a moment of percolation <laughs> <laughs> that's the coffee brewer in me i think uh, coming out but um <laughs> i i mean what i love actually is that this poetry foundation they do look at poetry from all stripes and i think one that does have a more uh, methodical and slow approach to it is that poem talk one which has an entire poem read out and then a whole period of analysis there's a beautiful one about a woman looking at a rose and that interaction blown out into this seven minute poem which absolutely blew me away so i think if uh, the verses podcast appeals then poem talk is 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 one to watch for as well great well this has been an absolutely super duper discussion um Jordana, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, and telling us not only about the CMTO, but, you know, sharing in some podcast chats with us. No problem. I think what you guys are doing is great. What a um, wonderful opportunity to come and talk about one of my favourite things. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed myself. Thank you so much. Not at all. You're really welcome. <laughs> and just to remind people if they want to keep up to speed with what you're doing and what the CMTO is, is doing, what are those links again? So it's cmto.org.au or they can go to nfds.org.au and that's the National Features and Documentary Series. We're actually launched for 2019, so I've got eight producers busily making their pieces, so they will actually come out um, onto our uh, podcast channel. Uh, I think we're aiming for September this year. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's one to watch out for then. Um, And we will pop all of those links in our show notes and on our website, which, if you want to visit, is www.episode.party. And if you've got any suggestions for podcasts or anything like that, we'd love to hear from you. We're at episode underscore party on Twitter, or you can email us at hello at episode.party as well. Fantastic. Well, I think that's all then for this time. So thanks once again. And to everyone listening, We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.